And a good morning to you once again. The time is now 841. And as promised, I told you this month of February that I'm going to be honoring some black queens that I know personally, those that I know through social media, through these community streets, and uh, that are doing some great things, but also have gone through some great things in order to be who they are today. And this Tuesday, I have the privilege and the honor to have in studio Dr. Kathy L. Tatum, founder, president of Collaborating Voices Foundation, mission to rescue families from human trafficking, domestic violence, stop hunger, community gardens, homeless outreach, veterans, new home program, educate our community and financial literacy, LLC, government contracts, and running nonprofits in economic growth. We partner with over a hundred five oh one C three nonprofits justice for all organizations in the US, India, and Africa. Our why from trials and tribulations to purposeful purposeful assignments, my own trauma in childhood and trauma, shot, stab, cigarette burns. Listen, we got a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> Let me just go there. Let's just talk about this because why I have her on this show, I watch her all the time on social media. I see all the great work that she's doing. She's not talking about it. She truly is about it. I love her personality. She's an outgoing person. She will say what's on her mind. And mean what she say and say what she mean and do what she do. But I like people like that. I told her, be all of that. Just don't drag me in none of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I am so grateful to have her on the show today because we were on my Facebook Live some months ago. And you gave the testimony about your mother had mental illness and did some things to you as a child. Correct? Correct. And that, that shocked me because I'm like, you would never know that's her testimony. So I want to talk a little bit about that to then and to where you are now. Talk to the people. Well, I think it's important because everybody says, you don't know my story. Mm. But when I'm in a room and I tell that it the, the, the person who did it to me was my own mother, it doesn't phantom people. People can talk about mental health. They can talk about so many things, but they don't talk about the fact that your own mom... Mm is the monster and easily could have, you know, raised a child that was a monster and it didn't happen. So my mom, I didn't know her at mm -hmm. the beginning of her being my mom. I thought my grandparents was my mom. You know, that, you know, that family yeah. secrets that now that we are older, those that are, um, you know, hitting 50 and above, yeah. we understand family secrets. So she actually uh, got pregnant at 12, had me at 13. Um, and then when she turned 18, she was introduced to me as the babysitter. So mm. um, <laughs> eventually, wow. um, rumors started swirling and somebody down the street kept saying, you know, I'm your sister. And I'm like, I don't, you cannot tell me and my grandfather apart. That is my dad. Mm. Green eyes. I'm third generation of January 1st, which is mm. rare. Um, not just to have a January 1st, but I'm third yeah. generation on January 1st. Wow. So it's a... Um, when she came back, unfortunately, my mom was stabbed. She'd been through some stuff. She was protecting her little sister as the babysitter. Mm. Um, my, um, I call her sister, but my technically my aunt ran from school, and the young lady went and got her mom. Mm. And her mom looked like, while I was in the house, punched her. So it looked like she punched her in the throat, but literally she had a knife that sliced her throat. Oh, your mom? My mom. So... I didn't know the woman very well, so I was just literally like,
like, let me go to my grandma and let her know that a child is dead, so can I come back home? Mm. I, I had no feeling like, literally walked over her body and said, okay, there's a lot of blood here. I think she's dead. Um, they pronounced her dead on the scene. Mm. Um, she did come back. Um, I think that's where her demons came back with Ooh. her. So she would see things, schizo. Mm. In her right mind, like she was a, like when you talk about functioning alcoholics, she was a functioning mental health person. Yeah. That, yeah. that I guess she was good on her job because she had it. Um, she did go to work drunk, but they still, you know, she had a job. Mm. She looked at me, I don't know what happened, but you could see that in her eyes that something that I would never probably know that she was attacking me because there was other children in the house. And everybody goes, well, there's always other kids. Was they abused? No, they weren't. Um, she would bring up my skin complexion. A lot of people are like, well, you're light-skinned. You must have had it good. See, in my house, mm. it was bad to be light-skinned. Oh, wow. It was, why are you so white? Wow. Um, was your mom white? She was your complexion. Okay. Um, I'm like, you know, black come in different shades, yeah. but she would say little comments and get drunk and... I would ask her all the time. I had perfect attendance. Mm -hmm. I was allowed to go to you know school and I was allowed to go to church. Two locations that should have saved me, but didn't. But mm -hmm. in a way did where I was able to eat. Um, she would come, like you'll see, if you physically see, I have cigarette burns all over my body. Jesus. So if I didn't mix her alcohol correctly, I would get burned. I have gunshots. Uh, on my body, all uh, throughout my body. I'm glad I don't have kilo skin. Um, <laughs> but here goes one of the gunshots. Um, From your mother? Yeah, I have gunshots all over. So you, I would go to school and have broken arms and Ugh. all kinds of... Back in the day, CPS would come, put you in foster care, but give the mothers another chance because they're mothers. Mm. Maybe they were having a hard time. Maybe they were depressed. Maybe there's something happening. And when CPS would come to the school, I would make all kinds of excuses. Um, make sure I was in sports. Play football. Play, do everything to, oh, you know what, that happened is, you know, in sports. I would come up with every single excuse to hide because you're taught um, to honor my mother yeah. and my father. So that cloud, as even as a kid, you're like, you can't talk about your parents. At this point, is your grandmother still living? They are living. They're... I don't even blame them. That mm. is their child. They tried. They just said that, you know, the courts, her being the biological mom, had to go back. When I say my grandparents are the sweetest, I, uh, I don't know what happened to the children, but yes. <laughs> I would say, you know, maybe the water was dirty when the baptism happened. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but they were sweet. They wanted to try to get me, but it's one of those things where family members are around and they see that child in the corner, timid. Don't know why. Maybe mm. come get them. Maybe yeah. pick them up. But never ask the right questions. It's like if you don't oh, ask wow. the questions, the child might not say nothing. Do you think people are afraid to ask the questions because what they might hear? Yes. Because you got to remember, that's their family member. Mm. And they're in shock, especially siblings. A lot of people ask me, was I totally angry at my mom? I was more mad at her siblings because that was her peers. 
Mm. You got her mother and father that that's their child. Of course, they could have said something, but they really didn't know. It was hidden from them to a point. But her siblings, which is her peers, yeah. could have, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, hemmed her up and be like, this is not how it's going to go. So they would come and drop off their children. Even though they knew it was a bad situation, it was like I was the babysitter of everybody. You know, mm. if she get a new boyfriend and the boyfriend looked at me, she, the knife will go in me. Uh, stab wounds. You know, bleeding. She would stab you for her boyfriend looking at you. Looking at me. It's my fault. It's it's my fault. Um, you know, Kathy, this is what we see on television and on movies and mm-hmm. Lifetime and all of this. And to know somebody who's actually gone through this. And you've had siblings, correct? Yes. And they were not being beaten or no. abused. It was almost like Cinderella. You know oh. how the uh, stepsisters would laugh? They would eat shrimp and steak. I was, um, there was a cot and a bed in the basement. I'm from uh, Pennsylvania, so we have a basement and an attic. Um, <laughs> it's cold down there. Um, I was allowed to come out, um, eat roaches. Um, it, thought it, was, it thought it was funny where she would poison, rat poisoning, because she did night shift. So I would try to sneak food, and she'll put rat poison in there, and I go to the hospital, trying to figure, oh, she's, you know, she's always eating the wrong things. Oh, mm. uh, bowl of cereal. Like, I, to this day, I can't eat um, raisin bran. Uh-uh. Because the raisins look like roaches to me. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, how in the world? I met people that I told my story, and they go, there's no way. There's no way that can happen. But we're living in a time right now, because of social media, we're seeing parents kill their kids. We've seen their parents uh, uh, do some horrific things. Boyfriends yeah. do some stuff. It was happening then. We just didn't talk about it. That's why we have adults that have so much trauma and mental, and mental health because they weren't able to talk about it. Well, as you said, it's very rare that you hear of an abusive mother, that the mother caused this abuse. And it's rare that you've had siblings and they never helped you? No. Do you still talk to them now? Um, no. Um, okay. I tried to talk. My mom passed two years ago. Mm. And it, it was there was, any feelings there? As what? As your mom passing. Was there any grief or did you feel nothing? Not grief. Mm-hmm. I felt, and I can tell you that day, that day the hospital called. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the phone. Of course, you know, we're, we're here in Houston. I know Pennsylvania's area code. First thing I think is a family member because not too many people call. Um, mm. so when I called, when they called and they said, are you the oldest? I knew right away. Now, you got to remember, my mom has been through some stuff. I'm talking about on her own deathbed. She has came back mm. from being stabbed, shot, uh, raped. Like, she has come back. Yeah. a story where you're like, there's no way she's going to make it through this cancer she keep making it and I mean so when they called me and they said she has stage four cancer and you're the oldest and by law we have to reach out to the oldest child I said well she has other kids Mm. and um, this is not my mission and I hung up wow then I got my my, uh, shoes on and I told my husband I'd be right back he said I got your back now but I said, I went to church. It was a Tuesday. You know, it's Bible study. Yeah. Walked into the church. The women of the church were sitting there. And I said, I need you to pray because I talk about it. I said, my mom's in the hospital. 
Don't know what, mm -mm, don't know what's going on. The women surrounded me, and I heard God very clear. And that's the old saying, saying, this ain't for you. This mm. is for her. And I said, and I questioned, I said, okay, you playing? Yeah. He said, no. But then what she did to you, she to get to me, she has to see that she didn't break you. Oh, Jesus. She has to see that you're given mercy, grace, mm. because you know me. So therefore, go make sure, no matter what, her last wishes are done. And I was just like, okay. All right. Went back, called the hospital. I said, does she have a phone? Mm. They said, no, she doesn't have a phone. I said, can you give her a phone? When they gave her the phone, I said, do you know who this is? She said, of course. I gave birth to you with some other choice words in there. Wow. And I Honor said, death. I had three questions for her. And she said, okay, you just going to give it to me. You know, I'm sick. I said, no, I only got three questions. She said, go ahead. I said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? She paused. She said, yes. I said, do you believe he died on the cross for your sins? She said, yes. I said, did you ask him for forgiveness? Mm. She said, yes. I said, I'll do whatever I need to do. Transfer the phone to the doctors. And then I start doing her last rites. You did her last rites. Um, she never asked for your forgiveness? She never went to me. Uh, years later, my husband, which is here in the studio, I was at work. And I've been in apartment business for a long time. And she called out of the blue. And she said, I would love to meet my grandchildren. And I was looking at him because he come from a nice family, you know, Reverend family. They they get together. They they got a nice family. Yeah. He was like, that's your that's your mom. Mm. Come see her. I said, y'all don't understand. Not everybody that's related to you <laughs> understand family. Yeah. So I said, let me, for the goodness of my husband, I, I hate to be negative, but let's see how this work out. When I called her back, she was already in Houston. She was at she was at Bush Airport. Mm. So she was calling saying, she, I said, something's up. When I went to go pick her up, she had, um, I guess, my uh, nephew that was just born only seven days old. Wow. My, I said, who is this young person? She said, this is your sister's baby. I said, she just had a baby and you gave it? I said, something's up. Within two hours, CPS called to Pennsylvania to adopt five kids. My mom couldn't adopt because she had a whole record for me. Ooh. Nobody else qualified to even have children in her home. That's how bad it was. And then I had to go to work because I didn't know she was coming. Called back. She already left back to Philly. But the child was here. She left the baby with you. Mm -hmm. People I don't even know. Wow. But she knew that what she did to me is a record. But she'll call me every day and blame me because of her record. You know, she wants her grandkids. I'm a better grandmom. What I did there, you can't take, I said, I can't do nothing about what you did. Mm. What do you say to somebody now that's deal, dealing with trauma and unforgiveness, they've been abused, they haven't said anything, they can't. I had someone call me the other day and ask for prayer. They said that they just found out that their brother, many years ago, molested their child. And they didn't know how to go forward with that. Mm -hmm. And that was like over 20-something years ago, but they're just now finding this information out. How do you deal with that? Forgiveness and behavior is two different things. Mm. 
we tend to say forgiveness, you still need to be around that person. You still are dealing with it. I have forgave my mom, but does it mean my behavior, my actions, and my emotional is not there? Yeah. I'm still affected. I still go on. Being in the basement, I still sleep with four blankets. Mm. As hot as he is in Houston, yeah. I must sleep with four blankets. I am aware of the hurt. I'm aware of the emotions, but I'm also aware that I went through this for a purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, as you said, going through this and your mom has passed and you still deal with the trauma of this? You have to. And so do you have those moments where it looks like you don't even think about it and all of a sudden oh, something yeah. triggers and you just... Memories. Mm. Memories. But it's also memories where it also gets me up every day to do something for the community. Yeah. So I think when I was doing something and somebody says, I feel so sorry for what you went through. I said, no. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. I would not be able to do every day what I'm doing if he didn't prepare me. He didn't cause the hurt, but he put me in a position to recover, to help somebody else. So anybody that's going through anything, I tell them, what is your purpose? When people come to me and they go, I got a nonprofit. What do I do with it? What's the connection to it? Yeah. To you. Oh, what you mean? I really need to know what's your connection to what you're really doing a mission. Because if you don't have no connection to it, are you just doing it for doing it? Or are you giving grace and thank you to God? Because I, you know, when you're in a situation, you're praying to him. You're yeah. like, God, get me out of this. If you if you get me through this, I, I'll be a better person. I'll I, 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 I help others. Yeah. I take what happened to me, and I can see the signs of other women. I can see the signs of other wives. I can see the signs. So I take that, and I tell people, it's not all about being around that person. That young lady that's going through it, she's going to need counseling. Because hmm. you're going to start questioning yourself. Did I see it? Was right. I around it? What was the signs? Was there something that I just dismissed? Because we do that for family. Yeah. Yeah. We go, oh, that person has mental health issues. Here's a beer. Yeah. Uh, that person has a mental problem. Here's a blunt. Yeah. We... Our neighbors of our own family, and until we wake up going, oh my God, this situation is not my fault, but I gotta, I gotta address this because it's gonna linger. Family reunions, you're gonna be in a cut, and everybody yeah. else is gonna be like, why are you bringing the whole family down? Family gotta know. That's why in this mm. pandemic, so many books are coming out. People got time to sit at home and go, <laughs> I'm about to tell y'all what I've been holding in. I ain't never seen so many books in this pandemic. You ain't lying. I got time today. I got time. But, you know, here it goes that you have been gang raped. Yes. Molestation, homeless. He got a husband sitting in this studio audience with us. But you were gang raped, mm -hmm. right? How did you get past that in order to trust who you're with now? When I say it's always going to affect me, always, um, and he could testify to this too. If I'm in, I'm barely ever in a deep sleep. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a deep sleep, he will call my name before he comes in that bedroom. Mm. He'll call my name a couple times just to make sure I'm aware 
mm-hmm. that he's in that room because I am a woman from trauma. Yeah. If he gets in the bed and he thinks I'm deep sleeping and he touched my arm, he know I might jump and be like, I'm back to that spot. And it take a minute that God gave me somebody that can, here's his voice. Mm. God's voice talks to my husband sometimes to calm me where I need to be. That takes a special love. Or a tax deductible. Don't do that man like that. Nah, Because nah. <laughs> I saw a picture of you guys on Facebook. Okay. I think it was your anniversary. And you were so young. Oh, yeah. How old were you? I don't even know. Y'all were so young. You were so young. Oh, I did a collage. It was a collage of you yeah, all. I think everybody. y'all had just got married. But you were so, so young. young. But you said something so key. You said he knew he was dealing with a woman of trauma. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what a woman of trauma looks like and behaves like. Because some people are thrown off because this woman may have dealt with trauma and we assume that she's stuck up or she doesn't want to be bothered or she's just a loner but not knowing I she's a woman of trauma. You can be a woman or a man of trauma but I walk in my purpose. Mm. There's a lot of people that can't walk in that purpose. If you're gonna be around me, you're eventually gonna be like, okay, I gotta get up. Mm. Um, I'm a go getter. I done been knocked down so many times and so short. I thought as a young person, I was put on this earth to be abused. Mm. It takes a while to get out of that. I was a slave in my own house. I am the Cinderella. I was in the basement, shackled up, couldn't get out. Um, when I was, I was trying to give clues to mm. teachers, and they just didn't get it. Wow. My mom was the type of one when they did, when a one principal, no, um, what's it called? Um, when a counselor called my mom, just say the whole school was watching because she threw him through the window and went to jail. Um, <laughs> this is a woman that is tough. So I walk in my purpose. So when you say, Kathy says what's on her mind, not too many people can say anything to me because I still get up and walk in purpose. That's good. Yeah. I still have to go. So I am trauma. But I cancel. I get canceled. Mm. I pray. I don't mm. leave him behind. My grandparents taught me the best lesson. Mm. Do not mix up what man does because he has will versus what God has for your life. My God. People mix it up. They say, God did this to me. God put me in this situation. No. Man has will. Man murders. Man rapes. Man molest. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at that man and go, my God, take me through this and survive and help somebody else. I'm traumatized forever. Just like an alcoholic. Yeah. I will always have be a trauma person. Yeah. But I don't, I don't shun from it. Yeah. I embrace it. Like, Lord, oh my God, I just saved two women. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When I, you see the gun locks. I brought gun locks. Yeah, I see that. Domestic violence. Don't mix with guns. I had a young lady. Tell them what those gun locks do. This gun lock you take out and then you put it through there so they can't shoot. So if you can't see this, this is gun locks. They're free. So if anybody needs them, you put this on there. For example, when you take it out, it's through the shaft. Mm -hmm. And one lady told me that her husband kept, every time he get in in a fight, he threatened her. Gun sitting right there. While he was sleep drunk, she put it on. They got in a heated argument. He went and reached for it. 
it was on there. She said, oh my God. it gave me enough time to run. Mm. That's why it's on there. A lot of people, they don't want to put gun locks. We have kids killing each other. Yeah. You got kids finding it. You don't know if you send your kids over to somebody else's house that they're not looking through something. So yeah. I tell people, I know what it's like to be shot. Mom, I'm going to go tell you about that. One of the nights that I got shot multiple times, I was washing the dishes. My mom was on a date, and she came in. I don't know what happened on that date, but she was furious, and she wanted me to go get two packs of Newport 100s from 7-Eleven. Mm. And I was like, I was torn because you're not allowed to leave the dishes. But then she's giving me another task. Mm. So even though she is the same woman giving me the same task, I was like, can I finish? She turned around and he looked at me and said, what's going on? Like, ain't that your daughter? Why are you, why are you treating her that way? Yeah. And I was like, well, can I get 10 more minutes before I'm done with the dishes? And I turned around and she starts shooting. So while the hmm. blood is running down, I'm still like, I got to go get the, the cigarettes. So she looks, she goes, we got to go. He like, are he drunk too? He like, we're not going to call no ambulance or nothing? She all right. She survived. Ooh, so while Jesus. I remind you, my sister's in the living room. While I crawl to the living room, she's just looking at me. Not a word. My cousin ain't saying a word. While I'm on the floor, I see underneath the couch, 50 cents. I'm hungry. I don't even care that I'm bleeding. Jesus. I grab that 50 cents and I bandage, start bandaging myself. Then I put, it's winter time, so I put my coat over the bandages. And then I start making my way to the corner store. I got soda, 50 cents, did a lot back then. Yeah. When I walked back, I locked the door. The cops came. Why? Because the corner store, it was too much blood. He called. Ooh. And they followed the blood to the house. And they and I begged them not to break the door. I was too scared of my mother. And I begged them, please don't lock the, don't please don't break the door. Ma'am, there's too much blood. It's, it's it's protocol. I was afraid. They eventually said I'm breaking the door. They took me. This woman was such a psychopath while I'm sitting there with no emotions again, shot up. The nurse is like, Is this see-through? We're putting the iodine on me, and I'm just sitting there. And she comes in, and I'm like, how does this woman walk into the hospital? Shouldn't she, be, shouldn't she be arrested somewhere? She had a whole story. And I'm listening to her story, and it's like, ma'am, what happened to your daughter? You know what? She had a stalker, and the crackhead on the corner been trying to get to my daughter. I just left the house, and I think the crackhead stabbed her and shot her. And I'm just looking over there, and I'm looking back wow. at the... The doctors, and I'm looking back, and then her sister comes in, and she tells her the story. They're mad at me. You're not supposed to left the house. Wow. And I'm just sitting there, and the nurse is looking like, like she could feel, and I'm just like, I know I'm not going back home. There's no, by investigation, we're going to put them in a home. Unfortunately, the family was white, and she didn't appreciate it. It was like Isaiah. You can't put a black child in a white family. I didn't care. Yeah. I was safe. So I had to leave and come back home again. Again. I left. I, I, to me, I lost my virginity because when I came back home, 
my mom took a broom, broke it in half, and stuffed it up my vagina. Oh, oh my God. <clears throat> yes. So I was bleeding everywhere. Oh, my she God. She took me to Planned Parenthood. They tried to sew me up and thought I did something. So when I kept bleeding, it was a family function, mm. and I tried to tell my aunts, and she beat me to it. So if my aunt is where you sitting, and I was like, can we go upstairs? Can we, can we talk? And she was like, yeah, yeah, let's talk. For some reason, my mom came from out of anywhere and told everybody, oh, my God, Kathy got her period. That's why she's probably bleeding. She was strategic on my everything. God. Knowing that she, and to this day, I had many surgeries on my uterus, tilted, all come from her. The bones in my body, oh my 43 God. broken bones. Um, my legs are titanium. My hips are titanium. Half my back is titanium. I'm a bionic woman. The pain will always be there. Mm. My God. <sighs> you know, it, it's so many, it's so many people, I'm trying to, is this lady with you that's looking at the window? Mm -hmm. It's so many um, people right now, I think this interview is so befitting, not just for black, uh, not just for Black History Month, but because of the fact that we've been in a global pandemic, people have been locked up, people have been fired. And people have uh, lost loved ones, and they've been gone through so many things. And I think that the the violent rate is up right now. Yes, There's some hostile family members and families that are uh, hostile right now. Talk to those people that feel like they got to take it out on their children. Because I was looking at all that are tuned Ooh. in, and they're all over the world tuned mm -hmm. in at this time. And so this is not just a local thing, a Houston thing. Mm -hmm. Like this lady in the in the in the window. This is the looking glass one. I don't know what her trauma is yes. or what she's going through, but. At the end of the day, talk to that person that has been locked up and they don't know what to do. Do they need help? Locked up in jail or locked up in their head? Locked up in their head, locked up in their mind, locked up at home and frustrated and they're looking at their children. They're looking at their spouse as the culprit of why they're so agitated and frustrated. It's a lot what you just said because you can't have help without resources. We have to get more resources. People can't go to counseling when there's no daycare after hours. People right. have to go to work. It's it's when I talk to certain people, they're like, "I want to see a counselor, but I can't take off of work." Mm. Um, I think in this pandemic, a lot of people went virtual. Yeah. So I've been giving out numbers to people who virtually do some things, but virtually sometimes the husband is home. We are caught up in a system where you're telling somebody to counsel, and if the husband's right next to him, what you gonna counsel about? They they yeah. listening. Yeah. If you go to church, you got pastors bringing in. Um, the wife goes in for counseling. The uh, the pastor turn around and go, let me bring the husband in because I can help it. They don't talk about that statistic yeah. on how many church people are hurting. Yeah, we gonna have to come out of our circle because our circle is able to say some things that they shouldn't say. Yeah. Find another hobby. I tell people, if you're going through domestic violence, which I went through too, unfortunately, like back to back in college, I left my boyfriend. He got arrested, went to jail. And I thought I was safe at college because he didn't have a GED or high school diploma. This man got a GED in jail. Got out, applied for the same college I went to. Mm. Walked out of the cafeteria, he's standing right there. So I did try to get away. And he beat my the crap out of me. 
couldn't talk. This this got broke. Jeez. So when I say trauma finds you, what women tell me and men tell me, go find somebody else that's willing to talk about the trauma. Find a out. If you got to volunteer at another nonprofit just so you can have an excuse of people that are around you and say, I'm volunteering for domestic violence. I'm volunteering for the homeless because you're able to get away from the people that you need to get away. Yeah. You're going to have to get strategic. Yeah. A lot of people tell women, just leave. But you ain't got no house for them. You ain't got no hotel money. Where they going? Where they going? Where they going? We don't have enough resources. So I'm begging everybody. We got to promote more apartments and everything for for domestic violence. If you needed a break, if I came to you right now as a parent and going, I'm about to have a mental breakdown. I need you to take care of my kids for like a month. You know what the black community say? Girl, please, we all don't like our kids. Exactly, um, yeah. Mm-mm, girl, mm-mm. Yeah. we're not babysitting no more. Yeah. Kids ain't coming over. We are literally putting parents, you being ashamed for needing a break. There needs to be a program that Ooh. you can take your kids without CPS getting involved. You hit something on the head because you said about even with the church, get out of our circle mm-hmm. and get some help and do this and that. And you talk about parents may be, be even ashamed of taking a break. There's ministers and pastors who are ashamed to take a break. Yes. They're hurting through trauma. And mm-hmm. I can tell when they're hurting through trauma because angry people preach angry to me. I'm like, Ooh. why are you so angry? Calm down. What is all this hollering for? And a lot of times it's because they're dealing with trauma but still trying to do ministry, I guess, for I don't know what they're doing it for. But they need to be healed first. And as you just Mm. said that, so many people are afraid to say, I need a break because it's going to look like you don't have faith. And so many people won't speak about their trauma. Mm. I don't understand how you beg for God to get you out of a situation and then you're secretive. I can't speak for somebody else, but people say, oh, that was a long time ago. Now, I'll be biblical with people because I'm from the streets, but I like to put a little point there. I go, a long time ago? But yet you go to church every Sunday and listen to those old stories in the Bible. Mm. Does it teach you a lesson today? Come on. So your trauma that you went through, there's always a lesson. Mm. Like a lot of people say discernment. I ain't got discernment. I got experience. You know, I'm like, hmm, I got experience. I, I don't need discernment. Discernment means uh, to uh, maybe something I ain't went through and the Lord put me over here. No, the Lord said, not these people, not this place. I said that you. I said the other day. I said church. Y'all call it discernment. I call it game recognized game because you just said it. You really don't need discernment if you got experience because you know if it looked like a duck, quack like a duck. That's a duck. You talking about the red flags, right? Yes. Okay, good. I like that you said it. And so we pastor, have a spiritualized yeah. things. Okay. And the pastor won't say what he went through. He'll tell you the congregation. <laughs> the Lord put me in this position to preach to the flock, but for some reason. He takes himself out of that situation. Mm. I have placed in this pandemic over 300 women that are prominently in their church home. I have placed three first ladies in hotels because we were virtually, and this was their opportunity to save their life because the congregation never knew they were gone. This secrecy that we have, that's why when you look on Facebook and one of your loved ones are gone, on gun violence and everything, the first thing people say is, that was a nice family. Yeah. I would never guess that. 
That goes back to family secrets. We ain't never going to guess it. How's that working out for us in this yeah. world? Mental health, we ain't got nowhere to go. Work Workload is working us to 14 hours a day. They forgot the eight hours. And they won't even give you a whole hour lunch. You got to be back in 30 minutes. So yeah. I tell everybody, I can speak for myself. I will always be traumatized. But my purpose, I'm a survivor. And part of that surviving is to go find other survivors. Part of that surviving is to recognize that I'm not ashamed. When God gave Jesus and he went through all that, my stuff looks small. You just said that. You just said it. <laughs> I will always be traumatized. I remember always. so many years ago when I first started ministry, I would have stopped you and said, girl, don't say that the Lord. That's a lie. You ain't going to always be traumatized. You're basically saying, I've been through some trauma. It was traumatizing, and I'm working through it because we're still working through some stuff, and you're being honest about it because sorry, stuff always. can pop off. I think I'll be lazy. Yeah. If I sat back and going, you know what? I'm healed. Yeah. But I'm not gone, done with trauma. Because trauma allows me to get up and do the homeless. Trauma Come on. makes me get up and say, I know what it feels like to be hungry. I know what it feels like to look at your church home and leave there still empty. Mm. Because you heard the word, but no one asked me, am I going back to a home with no lights? My God. Your covenant that we make, even in these sister groups and all these other groups, we want to feel safe. There's a reason why you joined. Yeah. But then you get in these groups, and we only want to talk about business, and we don't talk about, girl, did you want to kill yourself today? Girl, why you ask that? Wow. Because you got some stages that I'm a little questioned about. You don't start giving out all your stuff. You, we're talking about wheels. Why are we talking about wheels and stuff? I'm going to ask. People are like, Kat, you blunt. I'm, I'm going to ask. That's good, Kat. I'm going to ask. That's good. Are you safe? Safe from who? Nobody going to touch me? From yourself. Oh, that's from good. yourself. Are you safe from yourself? Do we need to go to dinner? I love to eat, mm. but sometimes that sitting down at dinner, your friend just needed a friend. That's good. Ooh, and you didn't get no time. So I tell people, the key word to me is food. <laughs> you know, you want Kathy Tatum to show up. <laughs> Talk about some food because that's my comfort. Yeah. But then I also recognize I didn't have no food as a kid. I know the connection. I can eat whatever wow. I want now. So people would not. I tell everybody, if you're going through anything, take a journal and write down what you think you do today that connects you to your past. You'd be surprised. You really would be. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You would be. I hate somebody call me stupid. And then they had to, I said, why do I get so violently mad if you call me stupid? And God reminded me when I was in school in a parochial white, all white school, and the kids were already making fun of me. And the teacher said, remember, raise your hand. There are no stupid questions. And I raised my hand finally. I was nervous. Mm -hmm. And then she said, did I say there were no stupid questions or whatever? And everybody started laughing. Mm -hmm. And I was so traumatized by mm -hmm. that. And even at this age, it like, it reminds me. That girl, shame me. Don't ever shame me like that. And mm -hmm. so you have to get down to the core problem of where it came from or you're going to just keep repeating the circle okay. over so and over. So let's go back to what you just said. Yeah. That gave you trauma. It gave me trauma. And when somebody does it today, that trauma 
It's still there. It's, oh, I, I, we yeah. teach. That's what I said. We teach that <laughs> to not traumatize them. Yeah, you are. Because if somebody says the wrong thing, it's gonna it's gonna be on and popping. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, y'all. In the name, we gonna, you know, we gonna put we don't put no hands. We are gonna have some oil. But it, you know, but at the end of the day, I see it. I when I get in some of these groups and I see that one person in the back and I go. So, you want to help with domestic violence? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to help with domestic violence. Why? Oh, no. It wasn't me. Okay. And then I said, come out to the women. I'm telling you, nine out of ten times, that person eventually will start the testimony. One of the worst things we did in church that we took away was testimony. You are so right. It was the downfall of the church. Yeah. Even as a child, say I wasn't paying attention. Because I was a child that, if, if any of my family is watching, I got a, I got kicked out of church all the time. Um, you know, but as a child, if somebody stood up and gave their testimony, didn't everybody just be like, that person just did their business mm. with heart yeah. and came before the Lord. Mm -hmm. But as people in the church, if Sister Esther stood up and said, I was battling cancer for the last four years, and nobody knew. And I can't pay my rent. What we do? We get that collection plate. Right. Everybody put the money in there. Right. And and the woman be like, I don't want to take this, but I need it. That's right. I had the courage. The Lord told me to come today. Unfortunately, churches do the word and they go in the foyer and say, okay, go join women ministry and go join this yeah. ministry. Oh, the youth, youth, youth is over here. Well, come the on. youth ain't even talking about, I went to camp because I didn't want to go home. You mm. ain't talking about that. Yeah. When I was in school, McCaskey, Lancaster, when we went to camp, we sat in a circle and the teacher, Mr. Scott, mm -hmm. and I give a shout out to Mr. Scott because Mr. Scott's, uh, my family, his son is now on, be playing in the Super Bowl, Nick Scott right, of no. the Rams. All right. We would be in a circle and we would say, what well, stays in here, stays in here. Mm-hmm. It was the most shocking testimony. We high schoolers. We playing together. We playing track together. But to sit there and go, my stepfather, the two kids I had at 14 that y'all making fun of is my stepfather's kids. Oh, kids. Lord. And we sitting there like, but we know people making fun of that young lady, 14. She fast. But mm. she didn't know she was being raped. This person over here went to church, got raped. This person over here went over here. The kids need to talk. They do. They have to release yeah. it. And it's not just sports. They're going to have to sit down and look at their peers. I came out of there with kids that we didn't even get along. We didn't talk. became the best of friends mm. because I knew their story. Is That's that good. why you bullying me? Is that why you taking my lunch money? Because you're hungry. It gives you a perspective. Wow. You said basically, and then I, I got Danika on here. Hey. She's a therapist as well, and she's in total agreement with you as well. Because I love to keep me some therapists around me. Yes. I, I say I'm going to interview y'all, but I'm giving me some free time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're saying in these circles that we have, in these groups that we join, these ladies are declarations and people hollering sis and all that, we need to get back to talking for real, though. I, I need And questioning some stuff. I would feel bad. Like, yeah. if I'm not there for you, but we just getting together and having a meeting, that's all good and Danny. We take our pictures and we put it on Facebook. <laughs> and then I find out on Facebook, your husband died. But we were just together. Yeah. 
your child just got arrested and you trying to raise money. You didn't feel comfortable in this group of women to say what you're going through. That ain't the right group. That you didn't say the word, and that's good. Because I think we are just clicking just to say we're clicking and we have a tribe, but you can't even talk to your tribe. I have so many people hit me up or call me or inbox me wanting prayer, but you run with this tribe. <laughs> I ain't in the tribe, but y'all calling me. And, and it's always that person. Wow. Because that person, and I always tell people, if you're the person that everybody comes to, but you're not part of the tribe, it's because those people are not even standing up for you. They're talking about you, but wow. they need you to come. When I do outreach and I teach, because you know I teach nonprofits, I tell nonprofits leaders and people who are organized, if you have supplies, make sure your volunteers get some. Mm. People give me an attitude. I've had people go, why? They're the volunteers. This is for the community. Your volunteers sometimes volunteer because they were in need. That's good. That's true. And they didn't want to just tell you that they were in need. They came to work. For that food. They came to work for that water. And you turned around and everybody left. And your volunteers are like, you want me to take this to the car? Oh, that's extra? We're going to take it to the next event. You didn't give it to your volunteers? Because if they were good enough to get up and God let them move, then even if they didn't need it, trust them to t give it to somebody else. You put a brand new, brand new spin on that. That most volunteers are volunteering because they may need that help. And they said instead of waiting in that long line of distribution, let me come. Mm. And then you over here talking about, uh-uh, you volunteer, mm-mm, this for, mm-mm. And I go, that's why you ain't got no more. Because that volunteer, I don't know how many times I volunteer with people, and I'm just there to help, and they inbox me. Hey, I saw you today, Miss Kathy. I ain't got no lights. Mm. You over there with this tribe. Yeah. Y'all going out to eat every Friday to yeah. brunch. Yeah. And you didn't feel comfortable. That's because we're not doing testimonies. I need to be able to tell you, I didn't have a good day today. Why you have a good day? You just be my friend and just be close. Because we connected for the hookup, though. It's a connecting for the hookup. <laughs> and if I tell you I got some troubles, you're going to think that I'm nothing. And I'm mm. trying to show you I'm something because so, I want something from you. Mm. That's sad. This is what this woman, I thought she was on here cussing and carrying on. I'm like, I'm a good godly woman. Mm. But this is what she said. This is an acronym. Danica said, get the, and I ain't cussing. This is what she said. Get the shit, shame, hurt, insecurities, and triggers out. That's good. Mm. Get, and I just, get yeah. that shame, hurt, yeah. insecurities, and triggers out. But who can you do that to? And you have to have a safe place. You have to have a safe place and I and like I said, in this pandemic, the books are coming out. Everybody was looking for my book. I'm not looking. You're going to hear it from my own words. <laughs> You're going to hear it from my own words. The book is there. It's been uh, trying to be picked up. Uh, movie deals. I turned it all down. God will move when he wants to move. It yeah. might come out when I'm dead. But I think when people look at me and they're like, nah. I mean, it's just, mm -mm. I go through so much, but I still get up. And my husband said, you know what, Kat? You can't go do anything else. He know that will kill me. I do need to be at home for a couple of days. I will go in depression. I'm dishonest. Yes, yeah. We're not honest yeah. with That's who me. we live with. Yeah. We have a persona. We come out, makeup done, everything done. That's wonderful. I love looking good. But most of the time you're going to find me in sneakers and pants and, and jeans because I'm looking who I need to save. 
Mm. Because when I'm looking and finding the person I need to save, they're actually saving me every time. Girl, that's every cool. time. They think I'm saving them. God reminds me of the person I say, because when they look around and say, oh my God, I was about to commit suicide, just like the other day, moving all the homeless into a warehouse. 18-year-old. Mm. I, I just got put out and everybody was gathering, so I came along. But she was scared because it was nothing but men. So I told her, I said, what do you want to be? She said, I want to be a nurse. She said, what's the point of life? Because I just want to end it. And I had to tell her my story. And she's like, right now she's about to go to nursing school all in two days. If you're able to take your trauma, domestic violence, you got out, come back and save somebody else. If you have a nonprofit, yeah. I'm I'm, I ain't gonna talk about nobody. But if you <laughs> went and got a nonprofit, your mission is not the same as your purpose. Your mission is something you wrote up and you're going out to do. Your purpose is connected to you, some kind of way of the trauma, the trials and tribulations, and everything. Because you said to God, thank you. Let me go help your people. Thank you. I, I woke up today. Thank you. Lord, I understand why you saved me. Mission is, you might have looked on Facebook and just, just now you somebody else's mission. Oops, she getting money. Let me go get that. Oops, and that is the, that's the, the lies the problem. And that <laughs> lies where you be on Facebook going off talking about, you know, we do this for real. I need streets. And I'm like, she going off and she's going And ain't nobody can say I'm not. <laughs> but you are. Because you out there doing a real deal. 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, we need to do more. As you guys know, I have not signed the papers yet, but yeah, I plan on being on that ballot for mayor. I, I definitely do. Well, go ahead. Um, um, I'm not a mean person. I think everybody that runs has the heart. I do. I, I truly do. I don't I don't see anybody that I it's about eight of us and I don't see any of them don't have a heart that's not been in a community. It's just that I come a little bit different because I'm willing to talk about my trauma. Most politicians get up there and go, I've been through something. I'm going to say I was raped. That's why I need to be in this program. I'm gonna say I've learned how to do government contracts and been trying to do it for many, many years, and in this pandemic, a lot of these workshops did not tell you the steps. We're talking about economical growth. We can help. There's millions of contracts all around. I go back to Africa because that's where we're from. Mm -hmm. I got to give homage to where we're from. Yeah. So if you need to help me with Africa, we are gathering stuff. It's mostly shipping. If you on an airline and you can ship, I'm, I'm one of those people, I have no pride on asking to help God's people. None. People sit back and go, I'm going through something. I'm going to tell you, not today. Not today, Satan. Not today for you. Not today, everything. What you got to do is what we need to do together to bring this together. If there is a women's group, a men's group, and they don't know what their mission is, talk to each other. That's good. That's go good. around. Because you know what I tell pastors? Why'd you call me sometimes when did you ask anybody else in the church if they had a nonprofit? Have you sat up there in the pew and said, any of y'all got a nonprofit? Any of y'all got blankets? No. You tell them to go to your website and somebody else in need. Or tell the deacons to call. Ask it on the pupit. Yeah. Who not who come down? Somebody 
is sitting in a pew that came that day and won't make it home because they might have committed suicide. They might have ran their car into something because when they walked in that building, they was waiting for somebody to say, not how you doing. Everything okay with your bills, the family? Come on. Hey, you know we doing something else. You want to come meet up? We yeah. don't say that no more. We, we say, bye, see you next Sunday. Hey, hey. But yet I get an email if my, my tie delayed. I get an email if the newsletter comes out. I get an email on what we need to raise funds for. But I don't get an email to say, can you write down all the bills that you're behind so we could come together and help pay some bills? That's good. And I believe there's ministries out there doing that. But you, as you said, it, oftentimes there's not. But there are some that are, un, you know, under the radar that most people don't know about that are doing the ministry, just as you said, with the nonprofits that are out there doing the work. When you said that even with the passion of it, and I know that I dealt with mental, uh, mental health issues. I dealt with bipolar schizophrenia. And I was in that same hospital right around the corner, Harris County Psychiatric Ward. Mm -hmm. And God placed me in this radio station. Had nothing to do with just being on the radio. Mm -hmm. I can be at the radio anywhere. But it has with all the rooms and all the stuff we have here. Because when I see people walking down the street talking to themselves, mm -hmm. I just have to give God the glory because that could have been me. Yes. And so my passion is to see the mentally disabled in their right mind, doing mm. what I know God has created them to mm. do. So you said it. You are doing what God has passioned you to do because of what you've been through. Getting you to even be on the show. I ain't going to lie. Watching you sometimes go off on Facebook, I'm like, oh, nah, she too much. <laughs> that girl too much. She's going to be tripping. But when God said, get Kathy to be the one you're going to honor to talk to and, and hear her story, I heard God say on my way into work today, he said, if they had known me, they would know you. When you know God, you know his people. So I wasn't scared about having you on here because I know God. And the more I'm listening to you, the more I'm like, oh, God, you hit this on the head because of the passion that you have. Even running for mayor. Because I do believe that we need people who are going to stand up there and tell the truth. And even in the body of Christ, they're afraid to tell the truth because mm -hmm. that's embarrassing. My mother yes. used to say, I don't tell everybody you was in the ministry. I said, mm -hmm. Mom, this is my testimony. This is what mm -hmm. God is going to use. Yes. And he has used it. So for you to be so transparent, I believe the city, the global area, the, the world, they need to hear transparency and solutions. You came here with some solutions. Let me see what you got over okay. there. You brought me some gifts. You know, look, I, I, I want to make sure that you have um, the COVID-19 home test. Got me the home test. Now, I did on Facebook <laughs> again. I don't spend all my time on Facebook. Don't no. you? But you was at a warehouse with a whole bunch of stuff the other day, right? Uh, what, what do you do all this for? Okay. So, like I said, in this pandemic, my, my career is uh, property management, 21 years. That's why I'm able to multitask. I run apartment complex, but I'm also a real estate agent. Why does that come in effect? When, you, when the pandemic happened, I was in Sam.gov. Anybody that has a business, and I'm going to do some business knowledge real quick. Um, a lot of people don't tell people to do the other steps. Everybody goes and get a business. Go get their EIN number, but some people do not know to go get a DUNS number, D-U-N-S. If you don't go get your DUNS number, that is where your business credit is. If you don't go get DUNS, it's free. Everything from the government to sign up is free. If you are asked to do a payment, you're on the wrong website. After you get your DUNS, you then go into SAMS.gov. If it has to be in that order, guys... E-I-N, Duns, Sams.gov. Why is that important?
that certifies you as a government contractor. When you're in that system, I can see Department of Defense, City of Houston, Texas. I can register for Georgia. I can see every contract. You don't need to know the business. And let me give you an example. Me being a realtor, they were building a library here in Houston. The bid was $4 million. Does that, now I have experience, but I gave that to a veteran that was struggling financially. Why was that important? Veterans got more picked. You Women-owned business, you want to get these certifications. He turned around, he goes, Kathy, I don't know how to build a, 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 a library. I said, no, you don't have to. A government contracts allow you to subcontract. So all you had to do is go get another construction person, and he bid it $3 million. You just made $1 million. Wow, Kathy. Um, there's so much in it. Then there's, in this pandemic, and when I said this pandemic opened doors, because there's so many Zooms. We had meetings where I would try to get in, and they're like, oh, no, this is closed doors. When you have a business, you should be registering with the city of Houston as a vendor. It's free. All you got to do is go on the website, then send in your W-9. You will see the city of Houston. Can somebody go get some shirts? Can somebody go get some dicky pants? Can somebody go clean the... Um, um, the um, homeless habit, you will see that. Then there's another site for the taxes. While you're doing all that, you should be on um, the control office of Texas. You want to register there. You want to register for your permits. All that, you will start getting emails. When this pandemic hit, I have been in disaster relief for 20 years, Samaria feet, um, all this stuff. I was the only when, three, when Black Lives Matter hit and we were marching, and on 